Johnson here, uh, co-founder and president of uh, Immutable X with us today. Robbie, how are you doing? Awesome. It's great to be here, guys. Excited. Awesome. Awesome. So I kind of wanted to just uh, jump right into it because I know you're limited on time. Um, let's see. What is it? What is a day in the life uh, at Immutable look like for Robbie? Um, yeah, great question. Uh, I, I don't do anything crazy. Um, I wake up, I start out the day very recently with a cold plunge, uh, which is very, you know, tech slash movement to me, but I, I actually find that <laughs> exceptional. Um, then you know, I, I work out with my two co-founders uh, five days a week. Uh, typically, we'll, we'll kind of do uh, high level, but not uh, urgent business work or, or sort of more creative business work while we, we work out. Um, which is just the best way to start a day, I think. Um, and then I jump into the day and, you know, it could be anything from executive level strategy to uh, working on, you know, investor relations or, or fundraising or um, management product go to market as different things we focus on. Um, the team's now 280. So it's about constantly, I think, redefining your role to work with maximum leverage at each stage of the company cycle. And you have to be quite explicit around defining you know, this is the responsibilities and this is how I should spend my time. Um, but yeah, nothing, nothing that fancy. Um, uh, yeah. We know, we know your uh, background as a Renscape uh, player. So wearing hats is, is right down your alley and wearing many of them. Yep. It sounds like uh, you're pretty good at. So um, <laughs> that's pretty good. When, when was the, you know, you, you heard just um, tell the story of how you started to see that there's a problem with um, digital ownership in gaming. When was the actual D-Day when you started working and the actual day you got together and went, let's do this and started the work? Is there a story behind that as well? Yeah, it would have been late 2017. So uh, we had been building in crypto since 2015, mainly trading bots. Uh, so we built stuff initially on centralized exchanges like Poloniex, um, mm. and then we, started to expand to, to DEXs and to some derivatives, but we always wanted to build an actual product and a company. That's what we had done multiple times before, but we just didn't know what would be the killer application on, on blockchain. Um, actually, at the start of that year, we had started working on the white paper for the Distributed Autonomous Bank, or DAB. Effectively, think a compound uh, style application or, or a lending protocol. Uh, and we hadn't quite solved the over collateralization problem. I don't think it's solved even today, um, but I think we'd, we'd made some good progress. And we were about to launch this when, you know, the five ICOs went to 20, went to 50, went to 200. And we just got very cold feet in terms of compliance and in terms of, you know, there, a lot of these were scams. Um, and no, nothing we wanted to do, we wanted to be this short-term or speculative uh, thing. We wanted to build a long-term usable infrastructure that, that people actually wanted to use with blockchain because um, we're big believers in the technology. And at the same time, you know, CryptoPunks came out. This is at the time we decided to scrap our uh, distributed autonomous bank project. And uh, I remember seeing Punks, which was effectively the first ever NFT. And uh, I said to James, or James said to me, this will be how players own items in video games. And it was only a few months after that that we started working on uh, Etherbots, which was our first ever multiplayer blockchain game released on the blockchain. Um, 
basically had everything on chain in terms of logic. Uh, mm. It was a, it was you know effectively a, a glorified rock paper scissors. But we we also did things like an inverted on chain perk tree. We had to do verified randomness. It was insane that the amount of difficulty going into just like building a very very basic game um, in terms of what you would consider from traditional Web two perspectives. Um, but I'm still very proud of uh, the work we did there. I think we learned a ton about where the industry would go. That process of building games and then trying to figure out how to platform and make it very easy for anyone else to recreate it, I think has been key to us building a successful product today. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And and with I think that that streamlining of um, kind of like the the playbook, if you will, um, has gotten better and better with time. Like I've noticed as each of these games have, have started to release. It's far different from the first game that I experienced um, when, say, Play My Worlds was released, and and that was very, uh, boom in your face. And then now it like the the timed, calculated release of these uh, pr projects as they're ready, rather than um, maybe like kind of uh, hodgepodge together. And I, mm -hmm. I've noticed um, an exponential increase in the in the quality. And there goes uh, my son. He just got a victory right now in the background. Um, you know, and and uh, so you have these complexities getting bigger and bigger, spe specifically with ZK EVM release. How do you feel about Immutable's general positioning as a gaming leader with and without that technology? I just lost the last few words there. With and without. Without the, with and without that tech. Like how because now that you are just starting to roll out the tech, but certain mm -hmm. games will not even use it, right? So Yeah, look, I think we're in a great position where the majority of games onboarding the platform today are, you know, they they're obviously gonna be using the majority of our stack. Um, so we have nearly a hundred percent of games built on immutable today, signed up to use passport. Um, and I think that's brilliant because this is a solution we are designing that they spend actions of what they're currently spending in user acquisition by vastly improving the conversion for Web2 developers or, or gamers um, to be able to onboard customers onto these games. Um, and we're already seeing Passport convert basically 250% better than, say, a MetaMask or an ordinary wallet in terms of onboarding, which means you're literally spending less than a third if you're, you're acquiring a customer. Um, I'm really proud of the product engineering and design team. We call it PED internally. Uh, I think they've come huge strides over the last year. Um, we have people like Kev McHugh, um, Steen, uh, who was uh, formerly the, the VP of product management over at Atlassian. Um, obviously, Alex, my co-founder and CTO, um, driving an enormous amount of the velocity here. And Immutable ZKVM testnet has come out on time. Um, we've been able to, to squash an enormous amount of bugs. We are on track for Q4 mainnet. Uh, at the same time, we're taking all of the other surface area of immutable products, check out uh, Passport, the global order book, and building all of this to be ready with testnet as well. Um, so I, I'm actually extremely excited about the quality and, and velocity of the product team now. I think it's about now that we have this live data from games actually integrating with these products, starting to obsessively iterate, how can we make Passport convert even better and make it even cheaper to acquire customers? How can we uh, improve the funnel metrics of checkout even better to improve um, sales volume and the experience for customers trading on Immutable ZKVM? How can we improve the SDK funnel data, um, which we have obsessively? And in fact, the last four months have been not only the biggest months of onboarding games ever, 
in individual's lifetime, but the most signups we've seen on the website from a self-serve or, or self-directed um, games applying to immutable. Yeah, um, so I, actually, I, I think everything's on all cylinders. Yeah, I, I saw that today after releasing the test net, uh, you guys 10 X the number of developers actually starting to like, Hey, this is something we want to do. So that's incredible. Precisely, which is exciting because, you know, in, in, in two years, we don't want to have to talk to every single game who wants to build a web three game. The vision should just be, here's the platform much like Stripe, you can come and build on it successfully. And in fact, some of our biggest games today, like Aglet actually built on us initially as completely self-serve customers. We, we didn't even realize they were building until we got the telemetry yeah. from their test. One of usage. my favorite actually sleepers, like I, I love walking around with, you know, my phone in my pocket and I get to, you know, every once in a while you get that notification, hey, you, you have a sneaker box to open and literally there's a check-in <laughs> right behind my house. And I'll, I'll go out walking just to get the check-in because the Kobe's just came out. I tried to get them yesterday, but I didn't get them. Yeah, going back to the um, the engineering practices, we actually interviewed Inga, the engineering manager, episode nine. And that's something I asked because I someone that's followed Immutable for about two years pretty closely, being a dev, there was a lot of, there's little hints that the engineering practices weren't kind of like as efficient as they are now. And she actually touched on that, that the chalk and cheese about the engineering practices and how, how much better they are now. So, and testnet coming out on time. In terms of non-technical now, how, since testnet's released, what has you seen change or how, what impact has that had on other aspects of the business, like sales, things like that? Have you seen anything change after the, now that testnet's out? Well, the biggest difference is when we are pitching games on Immutable CKVM, um, and we've had a huge increase in the win rate, by the way, since the Polygon partnership, um, about a 50% relative increase. Uh, wow. We basically could just get them to start building, uh, which is the most important thing for the vast majority of games. They want to be able mm -hmm. to say, fantastic, we love the, the product in general, but how can we start building? And you know, the key difference between um, CKVM and Immutable X uh, uh, is the ability to just basically copy paste code from Ethel one because it's directly EVM compatible. Mm. Yeah, with th that's a big, big, uh, you can see that that would be a big, you know, especially when they've already got contracts, a lot of these games on, on L1 when they're still deciding the L2 and you come in and say, Hey, just copy paste your code and it'll work on that as is. And other ones you need to go learn a new language or you got to, you know, so yeah, it makes, makes sense that that would be big wins there. Yeah. Definitely. One of the pluses of being a type one, uh, so if you, if you could look back uh, to the start of Immutable, what would you do differently? Um, you know, kind of what were some of the hardest lessons to, to have to learn in the journey? Um, it's a great question. First, maybe I'll touch on the things that I think we got right that were not easy to get right, or that I'm very grateful that we got right um, through a lot of thought. And I think that was probably the technical choices that we made. Uh, we were discussing this with Al, uh, my co-founder, but even the choice to, to not go with Viper, but to go with Solidity, um, it was a choice, Thank you know, we, we, we thought about it and, uh, and, you know, these, these are really important decisions and, you know, our philosophy there was choose the thing that is most battle tested because why take risks, um, when there's seven, like very limited upside. Uh, I think the choices around ZK, um, powered scale have been really significant because back when we started the most popular thing to do. And the easiest way to raise a bucket of cash was to just create an ETH competitor. And that was basically building either a side chain or, you know, um, another POS chain with massively reduced decentralization um, in order to achieve the TPS that made it marketable. 
uh, like a Solana. And that was never interesting to us because of two reasons. One was we wanted to use the thing everyone wanted to use. We had big conviction that Ethereum had built significant network effects and they weren't going to go away. The second was that, you know, you didn't need to compete with Ethereum. You could just scale it using secure technology. And we looked at everything. We looked at Plasma. We looked at uh, optimistic rollups. Initially, we looked at sidechains and, and nothing really worked for us. Um, you know, the problem with optimistic rollups is the, the withdrawal times and also the cost times um, for something like gaming. Um, and you can kind of get around those with, you know, DeFi or, or fundable currencies because you can market make liquidity on the on the bridging side for withdrawals, but it's very very difficult when you, I can't market make your one of a kind gods on chain card. Or exactly. Yep. Um, precisely, um, and the cost structure is also much more favorable on a Validium zk rollup implementation. Uh, so I, I think that was a really key choice that we made. I think second key choice is probably focusing on gaming since day one. Um, pretty much. Every blockchain in the world now cares about gaming the most in terms of the category that they want to win. These are large companies and competitors. And previously, we had a lot less cash than them. The only reason we've been able to build the market share we have today is by ruthlessly focusing only on building games and leveraging our internal IP. If we had tried to win DeFi, if we had tried to win PS and collectibles and everything, we would not have been able to be successful. Um, so I, I think that's actually a really important choice. Um, things I would have improved, I think you can always improve the velocity of company progress uh, by, you know, ideally you can take what you'll know in a year and, and revert it. I think a lot of early lessons around hiring um, were really valuable. Uh, and now I think we have one of the highest hiring standards in the country. Um, we, we just had our employment engagement uh, survey actually, where we got, you know, an ENPS of 81, which is exceptional, but more importantly, 80% of what was most important to people were the people they worked with at Immutable. You know, exceptionally smart, working on hard problems, great to work with, low ego. I think that takes a lot of trial and error to figure out what that uh, kind of ideal person to work at the company is. And it's going to be different for every company, um, but I'm really, really proud of where we've got that today. But that's certainly some of the hardest lessons you learn when you make mistakes in hiring and where we would have made the best progress if we had known that from the start. Yeah, am I still working? My computer just has a little bit of a chunk out every now and again. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, we interviewed, um, we interview people often and ask one of the questions. We like to try and give them a chance to say what Immutable could do better. There's only been one person has uh, had, had the, um, the guts to say anything negative at all. And that's another Aussie actually. <laughs> but uh, it wasn't, it was done in a very nice way. He mentioned yeah. that, you know, what would you, think Immutable could do better. And he mentioned the marketplace. Now, it's obviously that the cross liquidity thing, the unique aspect of that, and that's an absolute massive win. But his uh, critique was more around the how fragmented the functionality is of marketplaces. Like your, the native marketplace doesn't do things like transfer. Trove and Trove does do transfer, but not, they only have a selected amount of uh, assets that you can do that on. So what would you, about marketplaces, would you agree with that? What would you say? What do you say about the marketplace and what and for the future? I would, I would totally agree. So first off, um, I, I think that's so funny because internally we are so hard on ourselves. We have a very uh, candid culture of feedback. Uh, I think we have to be ruthless with feedback, especially around products. You know, um, you, you obviously have to be more constructive and, and more careful around feedback to individuals. Um, but. Uh, that you know if, if you know me you know how much of that do you want to say, how yeah. much of that do you really want to air on a podcast though so i think 
<laughs> well, look, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're always pretty open about this. We, we take a lot of feedback from the community. I, I think it's a really important part of just getting better faster, right? Uh, and it builds a lot of, of confidence and conviction. With so many trolls, um, though, I think, too, it's kind of hard to not uh, focus on so, it, some of the th glaring issues, right? So Precisely. So it's more productive as an internal discourse and, and dialogue. But definitely there's there's a lot of signal still in uh, in customer feedback, and we, we talk to customers very regularly. Um, but to us, it, the, the most important feedback is from players using our products or from businesses and games building on our, our infrastructure. Um, and the the marketplace, I totally agree with. So maybe some good context is um, we actually aren't actively developing this marketplace. And the goal of this marketplace is really to be a framework or an example for other people to build successful marketplaces. We actually don't want this to have meaningful market share. Um, and, and that's for a couple of reasons. One, we just don't want to compete with marketplaces. Uh, we think there's you know, exceptional builders and we would rather build the infrastructure that makes them as successful as possible. Things like Token Trove, Rarible, GUDEX, GameStop Marketplace. Um, and that's because of our global order book, which means they can access every single trade, and make far more value off those trades uh, than they could on, on any other infrastructure. And also not have to have this race to the bottom on royalties uh, because we can guarantee that enforceable protocol wide. Um, so I agree there's, there's missing pieces in the marketplace. Um, I think the ideal is uh, we, we release what we call trade primitives. We have a trade primitives team, um, which is releasing things like, you know, uh, checkout or different ways of, of bid functionality. Um, actually, those are two different teams, but all of those products, we would just service to everyone building a marketplace and say, hey, this is what we think you should build. Um, go nuts and, and they'll build more interesting things than us. Like when I trade Gods Unchained cards, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm personally using GU decks the most of the time because I want to find the deck that I want to buy and then just instantly purchase a, a It's right there. And, and I think you actually nailed it on the head right there. Um, some of the communities themselves are making the best tools purpose-built, you know, just like Im Immutable is a purpose-built you know, layer two solution, these communities are making these things. Like Alluvium, they, th their community is incredible. Uh, the amount of tools that, that, that these people have made to be able to like search by which wave they're in, their total power, you know, if they're winking or not, you know, <laughs> like it's incredible, you know? And, hey, Hub? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Um, I, I, I really like that point because, um, all of the tools are there. It's not just, it's not, it's, it's kind of like, which ones do you really want to use? Right. So, um, so and, and has, we'll, we'll see that kind of flourish. A ZK EVM, like now that it's out, is there a bit more focus on the marketplace and getting these better tools out for the, the marketplaces to be able to utilize? Is there 100%. Any... This yeah. is, this is always a major focus to us is improving the trading experience. So, you know, mm -hmm. immutable checkout, which is our strategy that you can on-ramp with fiat, you can off-ramp with fiat, um, you can purchase assets incredibly easily uh, is one of our main priorities. Improving trade primitives. Uh, so obviously you now have bids on Immutable X, um, rolling that out to Immutable ZKPM. Long-term mm -hmm. vision. You know, the, the long-term vision we have is you should be able to trade any asset on any marketplace uh, using the Immutable Passport on any game, on any Immutable supported roll-up, and all of that liquidity and listings should be instantly and atomically matchable. And I think that solves one of the biggest problems in the blockchain today, which is liquidity fragmentation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you need to be able to get that atomicity to be able to get that or to 
relieve that fragmentation, right? So um, that is it is absolutely huge. Um, what, in your own words, would you consider a successful uh, game in Web3? Uh, so I think a hit you could probably define as, you know, I, I think anything north of like a, a, a million monthly actives is, is going to be a massive uh, success right now. And uh, how that correlates into volume, you know, we'd probably think about a billion dollars of volume per year is you're, you're getting to that um, significant hit stage. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you go, please. I was just going to say, and so how many percentage of games in Web3 um, will make that, you think? Um, like, you know, is it one in 10, one in 20? Are you able to make a prediction, you think, on that? Yeah, I think it's probably one in 10 to one in 20, actually. I think it's probably <laughs> around 5 to 10%. Um, yeah. I, I, I think it could be a little smaller right now and then it could ramp up as these playbooks get developed. So social gaming is a great example of this. If you're building a social game, leveraging the Facebook graph, you really didn't know what you were doing back in the day. Um, but as soon as Farmville came out, it became very easy to build them because all Mafia was. You copied this infrastructure or playbook. Same thing as gacha games. You know, uh, Genshin Impact is one of the most successful games of all time. Um, it is copying the, the, you know, much of the game design of this genre that was previously developed. So I think it's partially about having these successful examples. If Axie Infinity had been a sustainable economy, we'd have hundreds of successful copycats today. So I think it's about mm -hmm. having that breakout success that then defines, hey, this is how you do the quite hard and unique proprietary stuff for Web3 economy design and gaming. Um, in your game really easily. And, and that's why we do Immutable Studios, right? We want to be able to be at the vanguard of what's it like working on economies? What's it like building a game design that is sustainable at any player base number? How do you prevent, you know, the, the economy from having this massive ride up and down and, and from um, having that have a, you know, a, a reflexive exit event where, where people lose confidence? I think all of these are key problems endemic to building a Web3 mm. game that we want to make sure we have really strong opinions on. Um, the the hit-driven thesis is really interesting, right? Because one game is going to do more volume than every other game combined. And then the second most successful game will do more volume than the third to nth game combined. And the third game will do, and, and that's the power law. And we see this already in Web 2. Counter-Strike Go has done $30 billion in volume in the last three years. And that's on a database where they regularly rug players with impunity by changing the trading rules. So <laughs> we think there's enormous opportunity to build that level of success, uh, but it requires a, a platform business. It requires uh, having two, 300 games building on the platform and uh, helping them all. And then, you know, seeing which ones are, are starting to become really successful. I'd like to have a guess on, on who would be the first hit on Immutable. <laughs> Look, I, I think there's a ton of bets, so I think I could, I could tell you the bets. Um, but, but again, it's, it's so hard to predict the, the speed. You know, Across the Ages is actually doing really well in growth at the moment. Um, the progress of Alluvium's uh, game has been really strong. I'm, I'm most impressed by the Auto Battler. Um, which, we're you know, going to have PvP small... like right around the corner. I saw the leaks recently. and it's, I'm There like... may or may not be a, <laughs> a, a 1v1 between me and a, a certain uh, Alluvium. Do it. Do it. I will yeah. be there for that. It's, that's going to be awesome. Remember, they did it for like he did it with his brother for a million dollars. Like <laughs> crazy. Kieran, we're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. There's a lot to be excited about for a lot of games. Um, I, in 
Now, Guild of Guardians, I, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but that's obviously one of our internally published yeah. games. Uh, we had retention goals for the end of this quarter, uh, as in three months from now, which we've already hit in the first month. Um, so we're extremely excited by how on track this game is. I think there's a really strong chance of being hit as well. Um, that will be coming out at the end of this year. Yeah, yeah we, played, we both played it. Um, so yeah, like right now, your five games that you're publishing, and so taking a higher step on it, yeah. all into that close to release, and even Gods Unchained is close to mobile, close to nine Sassy. other games. It's like at the end of this year, it's going to be like immutable Christmas for everyone that liked immutable games. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes. I think all have a chance of becoming a hit, um, a big hit. Yeah. And, and the cool thing is that everything we're building for that, we're sharing. Every single bit of IP that goes into the Guild of Gardens economy or what we're working on, uh, which I'm really excited to share soon on, on the user acquisition driven by token side. All of this, we just give to every single person building on the platform. And you, you, you see this, sometimes you have trading card, like, Across the ages, it was like, you know, how will you, you determine the, the priorities and what you share with Gods Unchained versus us? And I'm like, anything Gods Unchained gets right, we'll share with you. Because our goal is just having this industry be as successful as possible. And of course, we want these games to be successful that way building. But there's, it's not zero sum. Everyone yeah. is lifting each other up in the industry right now, given there's so much difficult zero to one work to do. Yeah, absolutely. So now that uh, you and Polygon have joined forces and, and um, you know, basically created this powerhouse, um, who do you see as, as kind of biggest competition in the space right now? <laughs> Look, uh, ultimately, it's, uh, it's the Web2 uh, broken ecosystem that we're, we're trying to improve, right? Um, I, I think that's the real competition for everyone in the space is how do we redefine player ownership uh, inside, of, inside of gaming? I agree. I agree. Yep. And uh, I, I mean, even I, I see you interact with a lot of the Yuga, you know, team and, and um, product projects and things like that. And I, I really don't see it as a us versus them type thing. Um, although mm -hmm. a lot of people force themselves to see it that way. Um, so stay on the theme of games. Um, I, you know that I correct the ecosystem map. I've been doing it for a couple of months now. And I've only been able to discover 100 games, um, including games that you haven't announced on that list, like the permissionless ones. There's the work that's just stating 200 now. So is that like we're 100 games that we don't know about? And if the, if that's right, well, when do we find out about them? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it pretty much is. Uh, and, and remember, we have way more than 200 games. These are 200 well-funded games. So the ones that we're oh, wow. confident will be their hits, ones that we appraise and put in the go-to-market system. Yeah, I mean, you have like... Um, way more building on, on, on testnet basically just through self-serve um, development. But we don't really, that long tail will either build or, or not and be successful or not. What we focus on is games with sufficient funding that we think they can actually have a chance of being a hit. And that's when we spend you know, business development effort and, and we'll actually personally build a relationship with these games. And that's what we say when we, you know, we say 200 games. Um, in terms of timing, it just changes because a lot of these are Web2 developers now who aren't doing this mission of building in public. They just want to build an exceptional game, release in the year, and have Web3 embedded in the designs. Um, so we, we, we have been announcing a bunch. We will continue to do so. But honestly, the variance can be anything between you know, one month from signing these games to you know, a year if they, if they want to remain pretty private. Okay. All right. Um, so I guess you, you, let's move on to some of the the future the future of Immutable. Um, what you know? What are some of the plans uh, for D 
different or better on-ramps and uh, off-ramps for IMX? Anything you can share there? Uh, we have a ton. Um, so obviously we already have some on-ramps available today, uh, but our vision is, and what we'll be launching for Immutable ZKVM, you should be able to purchase you know, any asset with a credit card. You should be able to withdraw and buy a credit card. We're working with a few partners here. And that's part of the product that we're building known as Immutable Checkout. I actually think we'll have some demos to share here from the product side, which we'll be um, tweeting out in the next few weeks. Yeah, I actually participated oh, in a U UX design uh, thing for the checkout, and I got to see a little early glimpse of that. And it actually looks really nice. And um, knowing the tech that goes into actually doing a lot of the translation and relayer and things like that um, makes it all the more uh, amazing because the end user really doesn't have to worry about it at all. So I can, I can give you feedback on, from like regular immutable players of games when I explain to them what checkout is, because I actually saw it as well, um, and what it's capable of. You can, you can just see the finally kind of look on their face, even though you're not looking at their face that come from their reactions, because it's, I think that's probably been another weakness of, of Immutable is the ability to move tokens around in and out and all that kind of stuff. It hasn't, you know, hasn't been very, um, you know, thoroughly built out yet, but now we can see it coming. Obviously it's been being, being, being built. So yeah, kind of on the same topic of on ramps and, and token um, interactions is are we going to see a return of something like Immutaswap or are we going to have uh, the ability to swap natively? Uh, well, look, it's a, it's an open uh, blockchain. Uh, there will be many, many third-party applications built. Um, DEXs essentially emerge on the vast majority of uh, open blockchain. So look, yeah. I, I, I'm almost certain we'll see um, people building things. Um, yeah. Awesome. Um, so I know that you were actually pretty pivotal in the whole ApeCoin DAO, even like the creation of it. Is it true that you, so I had some, some rumors. I, would, I wouldn't say that. That you, uh, helped create the, the ApeCoin DAO, you and, and like 10 other people worked on, on something as a proposal to ApeCoin DAO early on. We did work on a proposal uh, for the marketplace, but no, I, I didn't have any direct involvement in the creation of, of the DAO. I think it was more okay, because, the lads and Animoca, yeah. Okay, because I know early on there were there were a lot of uh, spaces and, and things about ApeCoin DAO and basically yeah. ho hoping that, you know, that Yuga wouldn't take a big turd bomb on, on the rest of everyone and, and make their own sidechain like they were going to do. Um, yeah, so we were we were involved in part of that pitch, and you know, you know, trying to keep them on an Ethereum scaling solution, and um, that was, you know, I, I think a all right. So that's accurate enough. Governance process. Okay, so uh, what are your thoughts on ApeCoin DAO and and the route that Yuga has been taking uh, since its creation? Then. Yeah, look, I, I actually think um, they've they've done some interesting strategies. Obviously, the the game strategy they've had is like this this whitelist experience. Um, I actually think it's a really interesting model. I mean, it's not the model we're going down necessarily with the majority of games building on us, which is like mainstream first, but it is a model that is, how do you have a highly loyal, highly uh, average spend user base and with 10,000 true fans have a really productive um, sort of game and ecosystem uh, and ongoing economy. So, you know, I, I think it, every bit of experimentation in the industry is, uh, generally quite useful as long as it's not exploitative and I, I don't think it's exploitative um so I'm, I'm i'm supportive of it and i think um obviously you have uh some 
new big leadership coming into Yuga Labs now, and it's going to be really interesting to see where they take that company over the next few years. Interesting. Um, so one of the last questions we'll get to around you know, blockchain and, and the overall kind of ecosystem, where do you, like Web2, we see monopolies or duopolies or triopolies, whatever, the, that's probably not the right word, but um, you know, form after time. Do you see blockchain gaming and specifically the gaming aspect of it happening, forming in that way as well? And what does that look like over the next 10 years? If, you know, how does that play out over the next 10 years? Yeah, I think we don't see it in the same way. So in the same way that you wouldn't call Ethereum a monopoly, I don't think that the dominant platforms are going to, you know, um, do do things that like ramp up uh, pricing on people or or turn things into a very insular ecosystem. So I think the really important philosophical approach is what we are building towards is an open ecosystem with open economic property rights when anyone could walk. Uh, an ecosystem ultimately if they didn't like it or fork a blockchain uh, or they could take these asset standards and change them in any way they see fit. Uh, so I, I think that's kind of the most important point, which is even if you have massively successful platforms, obviously that's our goal. We want to completely change the face of gaming. We're going to take the $150 billion spent on in-game items and make them truly trainable, ownable by players, and they'll build an entire ecosystem of secondary market finance and DeFi around it that's worth a trillion dollars because that's typically what you see in, in uh, the financial industry is, is uh, the financial infrastructure being worth an order of magnitude more than the underlying secondary volume of just the assets. Uh, yeah. That being said, we would never do that in a way that compromises our values and our goals, which is true decentralization, true like empowerment of players, uh, like uh, literally our, our Vision, mission, and strategy of the company is to make uh, the largest ecosystem uh, in the world for NFTs that empowers players and gamers. And that last part of it is key. We haven't won if we have the number one ecosystem, but we're not actually empowering economic property rights. Um, so that would be my main suggestion. Uh, and you know, I think I think we've seen this right. Like partially, this is the invention of a new expectation and a new genre design. In the same way that free-to-play uh, has taken over in the same way that mobile and, and socialist phenomenons have taken over. Uh, I think that Web3 gaming has just become this horizontal rather than a vertical, where you have it you know, ever-present in any game with a multiplayer economy. Interesting. Absolutely. So, uh, did you have any other questions before we do our 10 little you know, funny roundup, this is? Uh, I think we're I think we're ready for a, a little lightning round of questions. <laughs> so, awesome. So just gonna ask you ten questions. You've got sixty seconds to answer max one word answers are ideally. City or country? <laughs> Sorry, city or country. Uh city. Legal union. What 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 were the two words there? Rubby league or rubby union. <laughs> uh, um... <laughs> You say Please. neither. <laughs> neither? Okay. Uh, what's your favorite movie? Uh, Interstellar. Favorite game? Uh, uh, League of Legends. Loser. Favorite color? <laughs> <laughs> favorite uh, color? Yeah. Uh, ooh, uh, blue. Blue? blue. Um, Ferrari or Lamborghini? Uh, Neither. <laughs> One word to describe Elon Musk. Uh, um, hmm. Polarizing. 
<laughs> That's a good one. Uh, Xbox, or, Xbox or PlayStation? Um, Xbox. Um, favorite ice cream flavor? Mm, salted caramel. Ooh, good pick. Between, between two layers or gamers galaxy? I've got to back our own between two layers here, guys. <laughs> Damn it. We're yeah. so close. So, uh, wrong answer. There's only, you only actually had two wrong answers. Favorite game? Yeah. Legal, you know, I'll make a joke. Uh, I'll, I laughed at that and said loser because I'm a Dota player. There's a massive rivalry between League of Legends and yeah, Dota. I know. I know. Don't yeah, just make sure the audience knows that as well. That's just a joke. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, Robbie, thank you so much for your time. Um, if, you, if there's anything you want to, we didn't ask, you want to leave us with? Um... No, it was, it was a pleasure, guys. I just wanted to leave you with, um, we, we're really grateful and mutable for your contributions to the community. Um, so, you know, a big shout out and thank you from us. It's awesome. We're always following the threads. Um, it adds a ton of value and a lot of our investors mentioned it too. Awesome. Well, we got we to gotta try to make this uh, a little bit more frequent um, when we get some of the exciting stuff coming around Christmas time at New Year. Maybe we'll have you on at, in the start of the new year and uh, get a little update. Absolutely. Awesome. Pleasure, thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Have a good one. All right. That was uh, really awesome having Robbie on. Uh, thanks again for, for his time and everything that that was amazing yeah it was um a privilege and thank you very much for taking your time on a saturday morning to you know every day to spend it with us and um really go into some answers that were just not heard before on you know from robbie like a lot of the time you're hearing on interviews and i'm hearing him answer questions i've heard before um so it was really exciting you know to hear him go into depth on things some were this what we've heard before but a lot was New content in there, you know, like, um, you know, just about, you know, the increase of, of sales that they've made have been 50% better close rate on percentage, which is huge. But since the, uh, uh, the Polygon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, announcement. And, and honestly, um, you know, like considering that we, we just started the podcast up and, um, really we're in our infancy and, and he's taking the time to, um, come on and and talk with us really shows that um a we we've kind of done a a good job in in focusing our content and uh building up really what immutable is about and then also that he sees the need to to focus um and really bring the information uh out there to where it's being consumed right so um meeting the consumer uh, basically where they're at right now and leading them towards the bridge to being able to participate in the, in the ecosystem and basically tell us about how, you know, from inception to now and into the future, how we're going to be uh, basically interfacing with, with immutable and being able to see like its growth you know, exponential, uh, it's exponential growth over this last, I'd say even six months has been incredible. And then just being able to kind of actualize, you know, some of the accomplishments from when it was just, um, first a thought and now coming to fruition. It's awesome to see. Yeah. 
having Robbie on the pod to me, people like, I know a lot of our listeners like analogies. It, it, it's like for our gamer, uh, gamers out there that listen to this to see what's going on rather than the, the token people, it's like having XQC or Dr. Disrespect, you know, respond to us and say, yeah, you can come and game with me and go on stream. Like, this is pretty much like, you know, so we want to thank Robbie for giving us those, those insights, coming on our little show that's only just growing um, now, just starting out and getting us things like, telling us things like 200 well-funded games and confirming that, that over the next 12 months, that's an average of at least two games um, a week that they're going to uh, announce or if they make no more deals going forward. So, you know, it's a, it's a lot of games coming to Mutable and the flywheel, once they start coming out, you'll, you know, that's just going to increase more and more. It's exciting times for Mutable. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah uh, um, I, I'm, I'm just picturing now your, your flywheel, who I am X um, graphic is, <laughs> is I, pretty soon it's not going to fit on the page. So. Yeah. I'm going to have to rethink that and I'm going to get better at it. Uh, Bang Bang does a way better job of presenting my work, so um, I need to get better so people watch my one. And if I'm going to spend the hours researching, the actual people want to watch see, see my uh, ecosystem graph. <laughs> we um, we got to make it turn it into like a video somehow or something. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm also looking forward to seeing Robbie versus uh, Kieran in in the oh, this that, one. It's going to be epic. Um, I will <laughs> not be missing that and. Um, that's definitely going to be one uh, that's going to be uh, probably highly contested because they're both very competitive. So it'll be it'll be mm. pretty funny. Oh, yeah, and the other point that's unbelievable, which is it makes sense, but the fact that a hundred percent of games that they're working with have signed up to use Passport. <laughs> yeah, makes, you know, it's, you think it, but it's that's how it's, that tells you how important that product is. Not only that, but how well they've uh, engineered it and, and made it to where it solves a lot of problems for the developers in uh, what they're doing. And it shows very drastically in, in the numbers that, that he was talking about. So, mm. yeah. Anyway, well, we also wanted to talk, touch on thanking Steve Green and Lachlan for last episode, episode 10. We, we had because we had Robbie coming on, we had a lot going on. There's a, there was also some kind of wind and tornado and all this stuff going on over in your area. So we just decided not to record out of, you know, be, you know, to, so you could be ready for that. Um, yeah, those chats were great. Thanks guys for coming on. And, um, Chrono Forge, uh, is going to go into a holders beta this week or next. Um, so keep, you know, it's very cheap to buy one. Did you end up buying one? Um, I honestly, I, I didn't yet, but I, it was funny. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine and he purchased one. I'm like, dang it. Now I have to. So honestly, you just reminded me, I, I might have to go grab one, uh, after this recording. <laughs> yeah. Just send me the link to the, um, yeah, absolutely. Collection. I just don't have much on F layer one, which is a pain. So, um, you know, I think they're on layer one. Is that right? Or is yeah, there someone immutable still? It is. It, it is on uh, layer one. They have a few items on um, immutable. I think that's just like the pets. Yeah. You need to have an avatar. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that, that game was, is one of my um, most anticipated ARPG. The art looks fantastic. The movement looks fantastic. The variety, 12 different heroes. 12 different cl classes and 12 different um, 
races. Races, yeah. You can mix. Yeah, so it's going to a lot of variety for players off the bat out of the game. And yeah, I'll be looking forward to playing that one when it comes out at the end, around about the end of the year. Yeah, it was awesome having him on and uh, really do look look forward to that. Um, what about the MAU? Um, he, he was very, uh, very he was um, timid about it, right? Conservative, yeah, yeah. It's like the asking the question, yeah, you know, like how how great are you? Australians are very, um, you know, like we're let's just say we're different to Americans. We're, we're not. We're, that's one of our biggest differences. Americans are very are taught to be very confident and taught to over promise and under deliver. Where we're taught to be very under under promise, over deliver. So. It's it's definitely a cultural difference from from America, and that's what I picked up from it for our American listeners. It's not that he doesn't. It's not that he doesn't believe in his project. It's just that he'd rather say I got fifty thousand users, and then go, hey, look, I got a million, you know, in later on when he does, sort of thing. Yeah, and, and I, where America. Also, when you're also when you're starting out and and kind of building, uh, kind of grassroots, if you will, it's it's hard sometimes to, to kind of fathom those larger numbers, but once you get uh, some momentum, it's very easily achievable. Yeah. And I, I want to clarify my point I just made. I'm not criticizing. It's just different ways of doing things. Like a lot of times saying you're going to be, have a, you know, look at Wagme, the way they're doing it. They're American builders and they're like, we're going to be 80 million users and we're going to be the best. And it, that creates hype and helps it become a self-fulfilling prophecy where i think that's a, a weakness of an australian where he should have said i reckon our game's amazing we're going to get to a million users but it's just our culture that stopped that and so my prediction i reckon it'll get to a, over um two million monthly active users what do you reckon yeah i think that's that's easily achievable with the style i'm i mean i i know that um, people see the the actual picture and they they think it's going to be pixel, but then they see the actual stuff and it's full 3D and everything like that. Looks amazing. Um, and when people see the actual gameplay, that's going to be the the key thing there. And once once you have a good game like that, easily over a million uh, active users, monthly active users. Yeah. All right, so I think we're in the same category then of one below legendary of one to, to nine million. I think I, should, I made that category too 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 wide. <laughs> um, yeah. cool. Once we get <laughs> once we get too many lumped in there, then we can talk about uh, changing some of the the um, dynamics of it. So yeah, okay, and and next to Steve Green, who we met interviewed as well. What my takeaway from that was after meeting Inga. Steve and now Robbie there's a common theme there's very very intelligent thought, thoughtful people you know they they articulate very well they are confident in what they do they are very intelligent and their answers come from real deep thought i think that's what one of the you know why i'm a big believer in immutable like uh, you could sense that but now we know it you know we can see that the people that are employed are quite intelligent people you know you know, on the high end of the bell, intelligence bell curve. Well, yeah, and, and you, you could tell that from purpose-driven responses and, um, like you said, thought-out responses uh, and actually being able to answer the questions, um, you know, and roll with punches, right? And and that's one of the things that you can't, you can't fake the funk on that. Um, and it, it's clear... When you talk to the team, and they're so well versed between uh, the different functions, 
even though they they may not work on every you know everything that another you know some of the other groups are, are working on whatnot right so it, it it shows with um the quality like i said um and i i honestly don't think there's many um other companies in the web3 space that can say that um if you join some of the spaces um from you know some of the the other chains and things like that um the, you get like i i get um that real cd dgen vibe and it 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 really turns me off so being able to have a conversation without um even when he when robbie was talking about hey when in the in the quick uh answers he's you said ferrari or lambo he says, he says neither right so mm. um i don't know it, it shows yeah and um you know, i wonder what people think about those 10 quick questions uh, I, I thought something to try something different this week and get to know our guests a bit more let me let us know if you want us to do that with every guest um the 10 quick fire questions to get to know the builders a bit more you know just sort of like in-depth knowledge about them but it's just something fun i don't know let us know if you think it's fun did you think it was fun yeah i loved it i i, I actually liked it a lot so um I, I think we should keep doing it well the boss has spoken it looks like it's going to happen no matter what the audience wants yeah screw that <laughs> we're not taking any <laughs> we don't take no seeking well, feedback we're not a DAO. <laughs> We're not a DAO, okay? This is a Gamers Galaxy DAO. GG DAO. Maybe we should launch a token. I don't know. DJ and I's opening up. <laughs> we could rug it like um, we could rug it like Pepe Devs did today. That'd be awesome. Um, awesome. So, what is that? I don't. Know. I didn't know that. Did you want to? Yeah. Talk uh, about that? No. Pepe coin. You know. Uh, Pepe the the meme coin. Uh, one of the developers recently uh just completely rugged it sold it sold everything and and now uh polly is trying to turn him, him into the sec so that's it's so funny wow i can't believe that happened uh, right <laughs> it's shocking wow wow <laughs> shocking oh mate we need this to stop I, I like bring in legislation to make it harder to make crypto just so this can stop, so we can actually get real use cases coming forward. And speaking of real use cases, we're a bit late, but ZKEVM testnet is out. It's live. Yeah. It was a couple of weeks now. We haven't recorded, but it's still. T we definitely need to talk about it. How do, yeah. how, do you, how do you feel about it? I mean, it, it, it's what we've been waiting for, um, and the numbers don't lie. Uh, IMAX tweeted out to today that. Uh, the number of developer wallets uh, were 10x in in the week um, that it's been released. So uh, that's incredible. They had like a 11,000 new wallets, um, and that that's just incredible, right? And like I said, the wow. the numbers do not lie. So so they're up to they're up to, they're up to 100,000 wallets, or because they had 10,000 wallets not long ago, didn't they? They had 10,000 builders on on. In middle for 10x there, I've got 100,000 builders now. Is that right? That can't be right. Uh, over a certain period of time, probably. I don't know. No, I said, uh, well, let's see. I, I'm going to have to pull it up, but we'll, we'll, find, uh, <laughs> we'll find exactly what, what it said. It said 10x something. So, um, 
Well, we had a Twitter Spaces to talk about the ZKVM. So if you want a deeper dive into what it means, we'll put a link in, uh, in I guess, my link tree. It's not there yet. Uh, we'll, we'll be up by the time you hear this. Um, you can go and listen to the Spaces, Twitter Spaces we both did on that. And it was a, it got hijacked a bit about token price. Um, but, you know, the first 45 minutes of it was most mostly about the, the product that's come out. You know, the the... The ability, I think the biggest takeaway is that the relayer is going to be built so that games developers can still foot the bill for gas tokens. Um, Steve also last week talked about how that might not be ready straight away, like uh, based on the bot problem, you know, and stopping DDoS attacks and things like that. So that needs to be ironed out. But the long term is that they are going to try and maintain a gas free option for, for developers. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm sure there'll be solutions around that. It's pretty important that one. That was my biggest concern um, that it was going to be just gas now and just be like any other chain. But obviously, the whole ecosystem in together, you know, passport checkout, relayer, minting, SDKs, there, um, there. That's that's the benefit of this ZKEVM. The underlying infrastructure, it's, it's here now. Builders can build. Robbie mentioned in the interview earlier that because they've got that out ready to start building straight away, they that's helping with them on board. The customers they're chasing, but as well as an influx of permissionless builders that aren't actually contacting Immutable, just starting to build on the on the chain. So, exciting times. Yeah, and and I did find it. It said we've seen a 10x increase in game developer signups since the Immutable zk EVM testnet launch. So, uh, so that's like the if they're normally getting one per day, they're getting ten per day now, or if they're getting five per day, they're getting fifty yeah, per day now. So exactly, that, that's still a good result. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Um, we had some some new games uh, announced since last time. Uh, Battle Derby, um, Age of Zalmoxis, Kydro, and Infinite Victory. Um, Want to dive into any of those? Yeah. So Battle Derby. So let's talk about where they've come from. Battle Derby was on was building on Chromium. I've never even heard of that. It's another blockchain for games. Agezel Moxus was building on Elrond, the Metaverse X or something, which I'd heard of, but um, they've now, you know, they've little, uh, I was on the Discord because I looked at their game and it's absolutely realize, triple A. Realize though that that is the blockchain designed by uh, Elrond Hubbard, right? Um, and and he was the one that um, basically created um, Scientology, right? So... <laughs> It's like, oh really? Yeah. So, guys, 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 are, is a, is a builder, really? Builder, <laughs> builder of not just blockchain. Um, so that that game looks amazing. The graphics is AAA. Anything I've seen up until maybe this Gamescom thing that we'll get to later. Um, Hydro and Infinite Victory were known to Immutable. Um, yeah. And announced announced previously, but not. Not no, not not. There wasn't. It went kind of quiet after that. Kaidra was more of a polygon merger over yeah. to Immutable. So this has cemented their relationship with Immutable. So we, um, they they on between two layers. They were you know doing interviews, showing gameplay. They're 100 percent committed to ZKVM. Now it's out. So that I think just, they just needed to see that to make that confirmation come through. I, I there was I think we did hint, talk about it that there was Beam and the Merit Circle lads sniffing around trying to. Uh, 
get you know lure them away i assume that was not said but i <laughs> i know kydro they have like a huge following because they they had like an online um uh comic book right to start with and and had a huge following and then made the game so um i know a lot of people are really looking forward to it i am it's a another AR, top down ARPG uh, built without uh, their art. So Kydro are owners of the Peggy Chung and Simon, uh, the founders of Gadgetbot that build art for Apex Legends, um, build art for like the that's, top tier games. That's in where the world. it looks very familiar from. So I, yeah. I'm a huge Apex fan um, myself. So. So Wagme Games has just updated their graphics. It went from pretty much B tier graphics, like artwork of their heroes in their game to be gadget bot designed artwork. And it's literally a chalk and cheese, like a spectacle, like, and it's, and you know, they're pretty proud of that and it's a smart decision. So it's a massive win. They've got their comic book. Isn't previous. They're still building comic books. It's got a huge viral following millions of viewers. Their TikTok's huge. They're um, got amazing artwork and their game is just a copy of their comic. You can see the artwork looks the same. So you, it's going to be huge, and they're big believers in blockchain. There's no way they're going to stop doing it on the chain. Yeah. Um, so that, that's about you know he he thinks that he wants to be able to give back to to people you know you know with ownership of of their art you know, what they pay for. Yeah. Um, yeah. I saw a, a pretty big uh, you know kind of partnership for um, the the game uh, Gamescom. That's this weekend or this week in in cologne germany uh from infinite victory and and um immutable and i i think some of the initial like the the release trailer looks awesome gave me huge um you know nba jam vibes uh real real big throwback there and then to learn he's on fire yeah he's on fire from downtown um you know and and i i totally i i love it and and then also mixing in there like baseball and football uh tech yeah, that, players as well as well is incredible that was a surprise. um so, so yeah, yeah five sports isn't there it's yeah five sports uh baseball nfl basketball uh soccer is it soccer? Yeah, I think is it is soccer, one? and then I, I, I don't even know. I, there might be a hockey. There's hockey, that's the yeah. one. So those you get, they're gonna, and then that makes it like you can collect these characters. It's a collectible game as well. You can and people that are alive and star, stars of the past and stars of the you know of t- t- today, and you can collect the cards and they have their own little animations in the game. It's action based. Uh, that mate, I I knew about Infinite Victory and I knew that it was going to be triple um, A like quality because of the Bitfry games and uh, Ultimate Rivals games that are millions and millions of players on it, Web 2 game. So, yeah, Bitfry is not small, so. Yeah, and this is also an immutable published game, so it's not, there's no risk of, you know. That's why the, the, I, I saw the close uh, co-branding then, so uh, it makes sense, yeah. and, and I, I really like it. It was cool what they did with the, the immutable bus that they had there in Germany. Yeah. We'll get to that in a second, <laughs> but um, but also so Battle Derby is a mobile game, and I you can play it now. I think if you get this early, this episode, you might be able to still play it. Download it on the App Store, um, or the iOS app Play Store, Play Store, or the App Store. Um, it's a little Battle Derby game where you ca- you know you level up ca- carts, 
cars and um you know you're shooting collecting power-ups on the map and cute little game it's very well done it's a triple a developers like you know a triple a game on mobile so um it handles really well you can upgrade your cars like the start your car's not very you know it's harder to get it go the direction you want and then you increase the suspension and things like that and it gets more uh what's it called responsive to you um so there's some so at first it looked like you know this little mobile game but it is a really good game and it could has a big chance of success um age of Moxus is a starting off with the battle royale um and it's going to go to uh, oh my god! I got the um, the washing machine on it, and it's shaking my house. It's like out of <laughs> oh no, it's, like, it's out of balance. So, gonna, so it's, it's going to take shaking off. The microf- <laughs> shaking the microphone. So if you're hearing me talk, 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 talk like this, it's the, it's not. I'm okay. It's just it's not my stutter. It's the actual. It's the um washing machine, mate. Um, so um, yeah, that all four of those are really like top tier projects and big wins for Immutable. Yeah, I mean, and and from the sounds of it, like like you were saying, about two a week. We didn't do um, a, a recording last week, so we had four to cover this week. Um, it it lines up. Yeah, I think you'll find that we'll get like one week we get like eight or nine games come out, and, that, and then one week without still. So just but averaging out over, we should we should keep a tally to make sure we're, where we're at on the average to make sure keep keep account keep Robbie accountable. Yeah, exactly. Sure. If we fall behind, we're like Robbie, we're, we're, we're falling behind. <laughs> get some more announcements out, lads. Exactly. <laughs> You're holding out on us. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, Pixelmon Parallel building on base which is uh coinbase's l2 yeah um this why i want to talk about this and thought it was relevant is because there was a leaked document um that maybe i wasn't supposed to see but no one's told me i'm not allowed to say anything but um the pixamon may have selected immutable at some stage to build on but now they're building they they've just had a release on base that they've said they're mini game is going to release on base so without it was never officially announced that immutable that pixelmon was building on immutable um and parallel building on base as well it, it's they're two big games for dgens you know like their parallels hugely like you can see well i've been i hope they win i hope they're it's a good game i might even actually start to play it later on um but you can see the people that are commenting right now are they've got the double parallel lines in their name and you go to their profile and they're all about crypto coins and mooning. And then they're telling us how great the game is. So I'm waiting to see real gamers that aren't bought into the DGen side of it, the token, the hype around the token and, and the game and actual gamers that have played the game and said how great it is before I get in. Um, but yeah, but interesting that these games are chosen base. Um, I think it could be because you know, like from because it's the, the American flagship kind of brand, you know, Coinbase and the ability to on off ramp tokens very easy. So, I'm, the tools that I'll get with, with that, I'm pretty sure will be we talked about it with Robbie on off ramps, they're pretty important. So, I wonder if that's part of the decision why they're building on, on an inferior tech stack of optimism that's hardly got anywhere near the security that ZK has, like we're middle. No, so I, what, I, what is your take on that? I agree. Um, I think that I. I think that Coinbase is paying a lot of these projects to come and do it there because they can, um, because they're saving so much in 
overhead from doing it on an L2. So, um, and, you know, they're really pushing their, <clears throat> their, um, their wallet, you know, like, and it's, all, it's growing all in transactions. Um, oh, there's no doubt about it. The, I mean, with Frentech oh. and this and, and all the, there's been a bunch of open mints that have, uh, done huge numbers on on base so it's just it's the deal i just what i don't understand is like you know the the tech stack of optimism versus ck the whole industry of devs are in alignment even optimism devs even arbitrum devs say that zk is the future but all these games keep on selecting optimism roll-ups op bnb optimism optimism oasis like I wonder, like, who's making that decision? Like, is this a VHS versus beta moment where the better tech doesn't win in the long run and it ends up being an optimistic roll-up that wins because of just it was easier to get onto it at the start than it is to go through the, the challenge of building a ZK? I think that's it. Like, it's a first-to-market um, degen-based play. Um, it's it's more of a numbers play than a game, like um, a gaming play, right? Um they're they're gamifying the rollout of everything and playing the numbers there rather than gaming like actually gaming um and that's a completely different thing yeah we'll we'll see how it plays out and what the decision if pixelmon makes builds their main game there still as well or if the leaked document that i saw becomes true in the future we'll, we'll keep an eye out for that one um, and another thing, um, Saga. So I listened to that Saga presentation that Bryson was posting. Right. Um, they had a lot. They had AVAX there. They had like a lot of different people talking about their chains. But right at the end of it, their last presentation was kind of like a like they thought they got a checkmate on everyone because <laughs> you know, like because they said they got a million TPS and they're ethlets they're releasing and they're all about games and the, you know it was it was like they think. And then when I broke the stack down, it's another optimistic roll-up. And the way they designed it, architected it, is that that the optimistic you know weakness is that fraud proof section. The way they've got around that is that for one day, that the the, the fraud proofs are on their own stuff, but not straight away onto Ethereum. And so it ultimately, it's a side chain. But yeah, you're not. Yeah, you're doing all the stuff off chain at that time at that point um it it doesn't really add up to being fully on chain or it's like both yeah <laughs> it's, a, it's a side chain for 24 hours and then when the epoch ends and they start the next day's epoch that that epoch gets put onto ethereum so it's kind of weird like and to think that that's you know going to be a solution it'd be interesting to see it's got some very good stats because of the the way they designed it but again there's all these other chains there's all these other you know like sui and other chains that do a lot of tps and can do the same thing as what they're claiming but you know it'd be interesting to see how they go i wish them well um but it's uh, it was immutable was invited to that chat where sorrow had a chat and he's again another guy that just when you see him speak you can see the intelligence coming out um um, it's definitely a theme with immutable employees. Yeah, I would never bother. I'm never going to bother applying, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, and and I I know what you're talking about when a lot of these chains they they start talking transfers per second and in in the environment we're we're using it in, um, 
I don't know if it really translates, right? Um, because Ethereum's doing like what twelve transfers per second, right? And then when you go to scale, um, Loopring actually Tyco put something out today about um, whether or not that metric's even viable, and put out a a, a new idea of uh, gas per second, which actually takes into consideration um, the transaction types okay and it, it actually breaks it down really well and i i really liked the the framework of how they they explained it right and and i i i totally agree with it because you have these um you know micro transactions like this that um Sometimes they're just interactions with the smart contract that are very simple, and sometimes they're more uh, complex, right? And then it should ca mm. count for for more than a single transaction, right? So, yep. um, where you know, so TPS might not make sense in the long run, right? So that's uh, that's something to to think about. Yeah, it's interesting. I want to go. I want to go fast forward into two years and see the optimism. <laughs> Oasis, OP, BNB, uh, Arbitrum versus the ZK Sync, the linear slash consensus, the immutable, the polygon, um, the AVAX kind of, which is not even either of those. Um, so yeah, it's um, interesting to see where the games end up and building what works out the best. Uh, we'll see, we'll, I guess, stay tuned to our podcast because we'll be covering every time there's an update. Yeah, exactly. Um I guess while I'm kind of on the loop ring uh, Tyco topic, we can go into a little bit of an announcement from uh, the, the community there. Uh, Newmarketplace.core uh, is has made some announcements recently that they're gearing up to be launching. So hopefully we're going to have a new marketplace available uh, for loop ring. Um, not exactly sure what they're going to provide differently um but most likely um some much needed search tools and um functionality within um the marketplace there that's a little bit different than loop exchange and slightly different than um the gamestop marketplace so keep an eye out for that yeah and to those that wanted us to ask gamestop questions oh yeah um, uh yeah you know it, it something we wanted to ask we we sent the questions ahead of time and really there everything that that he wanted to talk about has already been answered through the discord and you know we tweeted out and and kind of shared the information that they are still working together there's still stuff in the works just not too much they they can you know announce uh or say uh publicly right now so uh we'll we'll respect that and uh just looking forward to the future. Yeah. So those that want to get their stuff onto Passport, um, off GameStop wallet to Passport, you're just going to have to wait a bit longer or just create a MetaMask and import it all over to MetaMask is my suggestion. Um, but yeah, exactly. Or sure that it's, game of, uh, it's, mech, it's IMXified before you do that. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, we basically um, being able to, to get your IMX assets and from, excuse me, your GameStop NFT stuff uh, and make it so that you can continue using uh, the way you were. Even GameStop's um, 
creators, uh, they have even given the the go ahead, hey, use MetaMask so that when you go to mint in the future, you still get to mint the same way as if you were using the GameStop wallet. So it's the same type of interface. Uh, you're going to be using the same address and all that stuff. Uh, you're just going to be using it from an imported account. So, yeah. Cool. Any more on uh, Loopring or GameStop? Or um, not at the moment. I think um, I'm going to be going on uh, the podcast slash space call for um, gaming on Loopring coming up. So uh, look forward to that. And they'll be t- we'll be talking a little bit about IMX stuff as well. So. Ah, cool. Um, I we, I don't want to miss the my favorite game that I've played on. Uh, on That's why we saved it for the last. Well, um, it well Galaxy Commanders. Yeah, like it was. I, I, did, I it inspired me to work out how to set up my um, OBS and get a video out, and I I nailed the the actual content how I wanted to say it, but I was a bit um, stuttery. Got to work on that, um, but I didn't want to just do it all over again. I thought that was perfect, other than a bit of my jumpiness in my communications. So I got that video out there, and it's you know got over fifty views on my very first pop- proper video. So I'm I'm happy with that. Hell yeah, man. Um, yeah, but the game kept check that video out. Um, if you want to, you know, you can put up with the stutters, and it does get better as time goes on. And just check out the gameplay. It's just like an auto battle, but with decisions. The auto battle is you send ships. In, you know, in, in a direction, and they well, they flow in a direction, and you choose which ones come out and when they come out, and uh, you can upgrade them, when to upgrade, when to use ultimate abilities. It's so it's a a, a real time strategy game that involves a bit of auto auto aspect to it, but it's just such good graphics, good developers, good nice people. I got to talk to them a lot. Um, yeah, and excited for that one. They're um, taking the feedback on board and making them some major changes. They said. So, you know, if you haven't seen Galaxy Commanders, follow them on Twitter and get ready for the next playtest. Yeah, he's uh, not joking about it, okay? So, like, I I played for one night, and then I came back, and I looked at Steam, and it showed that he had been play- he played 18 hours or something uh, in, like, two days. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, he's not, he's not messing around, okay? With, with, with a wife. <laughs> oh, I know. That <laughs> I still got somehow. Um, thank you, wifey. And um, cool. So there's one, actually, one more subject I wanted to talk about is uh, Gamescom. Um, just that I'll, I'll, it's a shame it's all in German because I can't see it all. But the introduction day had like about ten uh, trailers, the brand new trailers of the next generation of games. And I don't want to go into great detail and speak people too long, but Web three games need to step it up in terms of what they're offering. The next next wave of games make this last year of amazing games that have come out, like Harry Potter and you know all the ones that have come out this year that have been great. The Baldur's Gate they are just another level up on physics, on movement, art physics, on you know the, the graphics, the explosions, just the landscapes, everything. They're so beautiful. Um, so Web three needs to step up and not you know it's not the, if they can't beat them with graphics, then they have to make great game loops and make the blockchain seamless and make sense and make people want to own their stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, as, as much as, as, you know, these catchy indie, indie games are very viable. Okay. Um, the first thing that catches my eye is something 
like Starfield or or you know something coming out where you're seeing like real time rendering of these incredible atmospheres, environments, um, battle scenes, and things of that nature that really grasp you know capture your attention and and command it right and that's where i'm looking forward to you know alluvium overworld is freaking amazing i've spent hours roaming around in the overworld um and it's just fun to like just just hang out and like honestly like i'll 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 waste all of my energy like mining for crystals and stuff and 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 (laughs) i won't even go back to the portal yet I'll just keep messing around in the environment until I eventually either die or whatever. And I'll go back to the portal. I'm like, fine, it's time to go back now. Yeah. Like, there's a, there's, there's a lot of people that could criticize the emptiness of it, but I, they, I, what they're not looking at, I don't believe is once there's like a, an opportunity to find rare alluvials that you can cl- battle and collect, there's that extra reason to go visit those places that will, that will then mix with the beautiful environment and the and that you know that chance a game of chance that you know that rush of like a gamble gambler's rush you know the game of hook the yeah exactly it's it's what Pokemon should have been um, you know basically for a long time now and and I'm 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 here for it <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to to do that you know like just be out there encounter the <clears throat> this alluvial in the wild and be like you know Rampy I choose you and like just go to battle. <laughs> Do I need to start the um, set up the Gamers Galaxy Discord and get the the Luvial, Luvium Guild started? The Gamers Galaxy Luvium Guild. I mean, I'm already part of Phantom. Um, so how oh, did you get into them? <laughs> You're ditching your own show, mate. You're ditching your own show. I you mean, know, they, are they are damn good. And Vanna's been kicking ass at the top of the leaderboards for a while now, uh, taking on the Xborg people. And um, yeah, shout out to to the phantom alluvium guild pvp coming soon that's gonna ramp it up big time so can't wait that's all from me mate yeah man anything else you want to say to anyone anything no um just excited for what's to come uh can't wait um i did get uh one of the rec league boxes off secondary and i i happened to have gotten a legendary box out of it so pretty stoked about that so waiting for the end of the month um they have the claim for the uh coda holders or whatever so they're gonna do that and then uh i believe september september 14th is the release of that so we'll see cool. and did, you didn't answer me on twitter did does that give you in-game benefit or yeah? So yeah, so in-game like so it each box has ten items in it, and that's enough to basically create your mech. Um, so the legendary box has five legendary items, two rare or excuse me, three rare and two uncommon. So there's no items in that box are are like common rarity. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I got pretty lucky. Wow. Wow. Awesome. I can't wait to see you l- l- winning the game, mate. Being I know, right? At the, t- at the top, mate, with all, you know, with your unfair advantage. And Dude, I saw, like, I saw people that had, like, 10, 15 boxes, and they, they only had one legendary. And I was like, wow, I got, I got so lucky. So, but, yeah, looking forward to that. Um, 
it's going to be something interesting. And I kind of want to see how it, it breaks down to where web two people are going to be buying uh, versions of my bot or whatever. And they said they're going to be doing um, 50% uh, royalty share. So it, you know, however much they pay in, in, in game for the bot to use, I get 50% of, of that price. So we'll see how that works out. You know, you just said something that I get, you just gave me an idea. You know what someone needs to build? Is there any builders listening? Build this. When you buy a secondary item, item off the secondary market for as cheap as chips, like you did, because I know you got an under mint price, um, and then you open it, it becomes a legendary. You should be able to send a message to the person you bought it for and say, "Sucker, got it." Actually, I can go. I can go to EtherScan. I can send a message to the owner of that wallet on EtherScan. <laughs> I can be like, "Do it, suck it, do it, <laughs> mate." You should, but yeah, do it, man. Just say, "Hey, just by the way, I, you, thanks for the legendary box. So you could have probably sold it for for an ETH." If you just had some patience, you, if you went a dirty flipper, you went, you had some patience, you, you'd, you'd have an extra. I did go to the guy's. I did go to the guy's wallet and and see what other items that he was selling it or he had right visible, and he he had um he had quite a, a collection. He didn't have like any apes or anything like that, but he had quite a collection. He had like an invisible friend and and some other stuff, but. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if I'm going to go to either scan instead of a message. Sucker. <laughs> All right, mate. Well, it's been a pleasure today. Today's been a monumental day for us. Uh, thanks Robbie again for spending times with the peasants. Um, yeah. We appreciate that so much. Absolutely. And, uh... Great episode. Take care folks.